are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles and Locked On Commanders your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles and Commanders fans to Locked on Podcast Network Crossover Thursday. I'm Louis DiBiase, host of the Locked On Eagles podcast. He's Chris Russell, host of Locked On Commanders. Today's episode of Crossover Thursday is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Chris, it's good to talk to you, man. First time in a long time. This is an NFC East rivalry that's always an important game, the 1-1 Commanders against the 2-0 Eagles in D.C., but it feels even more intense this year, obviously, with the quarterback story. Yeah, Louie, good to be with you as as well. I I guess we did a little preseason hit, which – uh, you know, seems like forever ago now, but it's been a while since you and I have gotten to do one of these crossovers. So always good to be with you and uh, hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, I mean, this is interesting, you know, be- because of the obvious storyline. A, it's a division game, of course. Uh, B, it's, you know, one program that seemingly is always in quicksand or, 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 or some sort of molassesy type substance versus the Eagles, who had a quick rebuild for the most part uh, and are seemingly, in all accounts, heading in the right direction. But then you have the Carson Wentz storyline, right? It wasn't that long ago, of course, that Carson Wentz was actually quarterbacking for the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field against the then-Washington football team in Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio's first game. And I'll never forget it because I was there. It was the first game of the COVID era. He went right down the field, bing, bang, boom, 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 and then got sacked like 8,000 times in that game because the Eagles didn't have an offensive line. But Carson going against the Eagles for the first time since they dumped him. And, of course, a lot of things have changed for the Eagles. A lot of things have changed for Carson. Hell, of course, he's been already through another team uh, already. So uh, it it just adds to the juiciness, if you will, uh, of the script. And and that's cool, right? We all need a little something more than the All-22 tape. And Chris, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, they've kind of downplayed what this game means to everybody involved on Sunday, but I think it really is an intense matchup for that reason, not just because of the division rivalry, but because of the Carson Wentz storyline. I mean, it is crazy that, you know, even it sounds like a long time, but five years ago really isn't that long ago. I was at the game Monday Night Football where Carson Wentz had four touchdowns and really had his MVP performance against this Washington team on Monday Night Football to see how far we've come there. And now he's on the other side of this rivalry. Like he said in his press conference on Wednesday, it really just kind of feels surreal. And and for the Eagles, there was just so much that happened that the relationship had to end. But for the Washington side, I still kind of understand why they kicked the tires and made that trade. You know, there's a lot not to like about Wentz's game, Chris Wright, and you've seen that the first two weeks, but you've also seen some flashes of that ceiling that Philadelphia was also used to, right? I mean, he's producing. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, why Washington went after Wentz as aggressively as they did is, A, they were afraid to be left at the altar, you know, by free agents, uh, Jameis Winston and Mitchell Trubisky, that right. type. Uh, we all know that this was 
about as weak as you're ever going to get in terms of a first round or top end draft class, right? If it was this upcoming year, it would have probably been a very different situation, Louis. I think we would all agree uh, on that. And, you know, of course, just because things didn't work out in Indianapolis, you know, for whatever reasons, and I think we know some of the reasons, maybe not all of the reasons. Yeah. I think Ursay gets blamed for a lot of it. Uh, I'm sure. Listen, he had a lot to do with it, uh, but he wasn't the only one. I can I can guarantee you that. I've talked to people inside that building. Uh, he was not the only one. Okay, um, but you know, um, was Washington too over aggressive, maybe in going to get Carson Wentz? Sure. But ultimately, they, what they settled on, Louis, was somebody that they could control contractually and in terms of, hey, he didn't have a choice on where to go. It was either here or nowhere, right? right. So they can control him contractually. He didn't have a choice. He couldn't leave them at the altar. And, oh, by the way, as we know, good Carson Wentz, like you said, has a high-end ceiling. Bad Carson Wentz, of course, has a very, very, very slippery It just feels floor. like there's no in-between, Chris. Yeah. And that's the thing with this game on Sunday, especially with the emotions that go into this for Wentz. Over anybody, I think, is going to look to stick it to Howie Roseman, the Eagles general manager in this organization overall. Wish the game was in Philly. And because of that, and because of the roller coaster that Wentz already is in games not even with this kind of intensity, I feel like he's either going to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns like he did against Washington that one game, or he's going to throw five picks and fumble twice. I don't know if there's going to be an in-between. Yeah. It's going to be a fascinating watch. I, I mean, well, first of all, he, he better not turn the ball over uh, a couple of times because, as you know, the Eagles' defense very opportunistic, yes. and Washington's defense is going to have a hard enough time just on the surface defending Jalen Hurts and all the weapons of the Eagles. We'll get more into that as we go along. But just specifically from Carson you know, it struck me, you know, press conferences and and the hype that you're talking about. You know, I, I do a daily three-hour radio show in D.C. To be honest with you, because the defense was so bad last week, Louie, and because it's been so bad, um, and, and everybody's kind of pointing fingers at Jack Del Rio, we haven't talked about Carson going against the Eagles once yet this week. Wow. Not once. That's all and, Philadelphia and, is talking about. And, yeah, and part <laughs> of it is because he – played in Indianapolis last year, right? And it almost seems like, oh, wait, this isn't Carson's first time against the Eagles, but it is. And so, like you said, that's all Philadelphia's time. We've seen the, you know, the, the billboards and the fans are coming down and all that. And I do think it feels a little bit different. And, and probably the reason why we haven't yet talked about it is because it's not in Philly. Like you said, that'll come up yeah. on Monday night football in a couple of weeks. That will be an incredible atmosphere. But, you know, I was part of the Donovan McNabb return game to Lincoln Financial Field in 2010 under Mike Shanahan. Week four, I'll never forget it. We got eggs thrown at the bus, at the charter buses coming down the ramps to the link, you know, from the highway. I mean, they were, you know, of course, charged up and whatever. This is a different circumstance because even though there'll be a lot of Eagles fans there, they'll still probably be about, mm, you know, roughly 40 or 40-ish right. thousand Commanders fans uh, in attendance. So for me, it almost feels like more of a regular game than what it sounds like you guys yeah. are making it. No, I agree. And even you can go back to 2014 when Deshaun Jackson came back with Washington mm -hmm. at the link. That was an intense environment, too. That's yep. why I kind of wish the NFL would have scheduled that Monday night game at the link first before this matchup because of that intensity. But regardless, I think emotions are going to be running high on both sides of the ball. And it's for Jalen Hurts, too, who's trying to prove that he can be the guy Carson was for a little bit.
with this team. And, and Chris, he looked like that on Monday night against the Vikings. I thought that was his best performance of his entire career. And it, it's crazy to see, again, a lot of teams that when they suffer something like the Eagles did with Wentz, it takes them years to bounce back yep. from that. Look at how yep. long it's taken Washington to find their yep. next franchise quarterback to see where they are two years later, kind of unexpectedly. So even this organization, I don't think knew that hurts right. could do that. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I would say it was vintage Jalen hurts, except it wasn't vintage Jalen hurts. Cause We've there was no passable like that. <laughs> exactly. But you know, the, the thing that you wonder about, right? Clearly they took the gas off the pedal or the pedal off the gas. I should say in the second half, uh, clearly Minnesota made some adjustments and, you know, Philadelphia was just kind of toying with them. So yeah. The, the question will be is how aggressive is Jack Del Rio in this game against Jalen Hurts? Will they just try and gamble and force mistakes and be more man and be more aggressive and blitz more? Or will they play it safe and conservative? That's really what we, I, my guess would be it'll be more safe and conservative uh, than pedal to the metal on the opposite end because they won't want to get burnt by Jalen Hurts. But mm -hmm. it'll be really interesting to see how Jalen and that outstanding offensive line and outstanding running game deals with whatever Washington chooses to throw at them. And again, my guess would be it will be more conservative than aggressive, but mm -hmm. I, there will be times where it will be aggressive. And I wonder how he responds to that because I do think, I do think almost Monday was, was, was almost too easy in a way. And maybe that's a bad thing. Um, so I do want to see this offense face uh, of the birds, face some adversity. And I do think Washington's defense will create some of that, probably not enough, but some of that. We'll dive deeper into the matchups on both sides of the ball coming up next right here on Crossover Thursday. Locked on Eagles and Locked on Commanders. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Chris Russell. Today's show is sponsored by Eugenics. Feeling like you just can't get in shape? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man. It can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. Want more energy to counter that negative physical effects of aging? Eugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Eugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testofen. It's been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Because Nugenics Total T boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs, you'll feel stronger, leaner, and you'll have more energy and drive. Nugenics Total T can help re-energize your life and helps you get back to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Now, to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, you can text NFL to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text NFL to two three one two three one. Again, text NFL to two three one two three one. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at eugenics.com slash terms. All right, Eagles and Commanders fans, thanks for joining us on Locked On Crossover Thursday. Locked On Eagles and Locked On Commanders. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Chris Russell. We got a big game coming up at one o'clock in Washington, D.C. on Sunday between the two and O birds and the one and one commanders. And Chris, there's a lot of matchups to look at for this game on both sides of the ball, but I think it might be a shootout. I mean, Jalen Hurts right now is number one overall in total offense through two weeks. Carson Wentz is fifth. So I don't know. I mean, is this going to be a shootout between these two quarterbacks? Well, a lot of people around here think it is going to be, you know, 41, 38, 38, 35, that type of thing. I don't know if it'll be 
as high as that, Louis, just only because I, I see Carson Wentz and the commander's offensive line struggling against that very talented front of the Philadelphia Eagles, and especially if the defensive coordinator um, you know, for the for the birds, you know, comes after that offensive line like he did yeah. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota offensive line. Now, again, every defense, every game plan is different. We all know that uh, every situation is different. But Washington is missing starting center Chase Roulier. He's likely lost again for the year. He went out midway through last year, and they really missed him. Now it looks like as as we record this, they'll get Wes Schweitzer back, who is kind of their their top reserve guard center. He's played some center, including last year, and he's played it reasonably well. He missed last week's game with a hamstring. He practiced in full on Wednesday, so we'll see about the rest of the week. But barring a setback, it looks like, looks like they'll get him back. So that'll help a little bit, but I still expect Philadelphia to be aggressive. I still expect Philadelphia to try and dictate terms of this game. And because of that, I do see Carson Wentz and the commander's offense struggling a little bit more to keep up. Uh, maybe the Philadelphia offense doesn't get slowed down. We, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I, I do see uh, it taking a while to get into a flow and into a rhythm. Last week, for Eagles fans that didn't see the disastrous first half in Detroit for Carson Wentz and the commander's offense, you know they had five three and outs and a safety on a two-play drive, Louie. That was their first half. Now, they yeah. woke up in the second half. They did commit a turnover in the second half. Carson was a little bit late and high on a throw across the middle. But otherwise, he played really well in that second half. But also, that was combined with Aiden Hutchinson, you know, kind of being on one bad wheel, right? So we don't know how much of a factor that was. My point being is I think the Philadelphia defense is probably going to be more up-tempo and more aggressive than Washington can counter with. And I think because of that, I think Washington's going to struggle a little bit on offense. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, normally doesn't blitz a lot. Um, throughout last year, they were the third lowest blitzing defense. In I the remember that, yep. But as you mentioned, on Monday night against Minnesota, because the four-man pass rush was not getting home to Jared Goff and the Lions week one, he brought the pressure a lot. Ten blitzes on Kirk Cousins, who was pressured on 22% of his dropbacks in the game. I think that might be the recipe against Carson Wentz, who likes to force things and hold on to the football maybe longer than he should. But Chris, I do hope that they can win with a four-man rush and they don't have to do that. Because like I said, Wentz is always going to look for the big play. If you can have more guys back in coverage, that can help with turnovers. But I will say, although he is prone to make mistakes, he also is prone to make big plays. And this right. is, I think, the best trio of weapons he has ever had in his career with Terry no McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and the rookie first-round pick, Jahan Dotson. All three look really good these first two weeks. The Eagles might have the best trio of corners in the league. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox. That's going to be a, a big key matchup. I can't wait to watch that one. Well, and that's part of the reason why I don't think this game will be as crazy of a carnival scoring as yeah. you, because I was just about to go there. I mean, watching Slay the other night, I don't know if I saw the right thing, but he was in man, he was in zone. I think he was in zone on that interception in the end zone, if memory serves me correct. It so, Chris, like Justin so Jefferson had one catch for seven yards on Darius right. Slay, and he had two interceptions when targeting JJ. Right. And and it and it looked like at times he was right on his hip and at times he was kind of, again, playing a little bit off. You know, I, I don't want to get too X, you know, but the point being is you couldn't play as any probably better as Darius Slade did. Now, does he repeat that on Sunday against, in all likelihood, Terry McLaurin? And you mentioned Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. Uh, I think Jahan Dotson, like 
one one thing that I'm really curious, and you mentioned the matchup of Ante Maddox in the slot, right? Yeah. Uh, both of those players are really, really, really good, even though uh, John Dotson's only going into game three. He's had incredible get-off moves inside the five-yard line in both weeks for the commanders, John Dotson against nickel slot corners. So if he can do that again, that'll be really interesting to see if Carson can find them as they have the last uh, and first two weeks of the season. Curtis Samuel was really good to start the year, had a touchdown also on a wheel route out of the backfield last yeah. week. So to me, it'll be about the totality of the weapons for the Washington commanders. And again, if they can get better offensive line play while the Eagles pass rush is is fresh and if they can then again find those guys early in the game get quick passes quick hitches quick slants quick wide receiver screens all of that stuff stuff they didn't do quite honestly in detroit and then chris when you flip the field and you look at how the eagles offense will attack this washington defense it's going to be interesting i think the lions and vikings had complete opposite approaches the lions were blitzing a lot and going after jalen hurts Whereas the Vikings were more daring him to throw the football, trying to keep him in the pocket, making the running lanes, you know, cloudier. And that's the thing. Detroit sent the pressure at Hurts, but he managed to escape pretty much every time and made them pay with 90 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He still got his against Minnesota, too, with two rushing touchdowns. But I thought he tore up that soft zone coverage. I feel like with Washington, the key is still against Hurts, I would say, because it was only one week, is dare him to throw from inside the numbers with a four-man pass rush, that'll be key. But I think maybe tighter coverage might be the recipe because Minnesota is playing off. And when you give guys like A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith free releases or even Quez Watkins who had a big touchdown, I don't know. That that doesn't seem like the right blueprint. It'll be interesting to see how they attack Hurts compared to what Detroit did and what Minnesota did. I feel like and, a middle I'm, ground I'm, there. I'm totally with you, and that's why I was saying earlier, I don't know how they're going to you know do it because they're it's mostly a guy a like that. You know, Washington is mostly a zone team, but it's not like they're good in zone, you know, but they're <laughs> mostly a zone team because Kendall Fuller really can't play man or play it well. Benjamin St. Juice and William Jackson III are more man press corners. And Ben St. Juice is kind of working in his first couple of games here as a nickel corner, right? He's a big kid, six one and a half, six two, uh, but he's still learning the nickel position and therefore they had miscommunication and whatnot last week. But again, I expect them to play more zone because, Louie, that's what they played more over the last year and a half, even though I think Jack Del Rio and or Ron Rivera maybe both want to play more man. They realize yeah. that by playing man, there's you know some advantages, but there's also some disadvantages. Now, if you play man against a mobile quarterback, especially with the escapability of a Jalen Hurts, as you were mentioning against Detroit, we all saw it. Detroit would play man, they would they would blitz, they would pressure, and boom, Jalen Hurts would run right out of it. Well, again, Carson Wentz couldn't do that against that Detroit pass rush, so that's why that turned into a disaster. If, if Washington tries to do that against Jalen Hurts, I think they'll have probably better success yeah. than maybe Detroit did early on, but I don't think that's sustainable, and I don't know if you can do that all game. I wonder, this is me. I've talked to no coaches. I wonder if a guy like Jamin Davis, who is the oft-criticized rookie out of Kentucky, uh, a second-year player out of Kentucky, I wonder if he's more like their spy-type player because he's yeah. an athlete that somewhat can keep up with Jalen Hurts. Not that he can. Really, nobody can. But if there is one guy on that defense, he can. And he's 
better, I think, attacking and being aggressive as opposed to sitting back, again, playing zones and playing large areas of the field. To me, I would expect Washington to be more aggressive, to play more man than they normally do, which, again, is about 70-ish percent zone. Yeah. And and try and attack that way and then maybe play a little bit more conservatively, cloud coverages and that type of thing on third and 10, third and 12, third and whatever. I, at least that's the way I see it. And I don't know. I think Philadelphia... I could be wrong. I think Philadelphia will probably play somewhat similar, right? Because you don't want to get the top taken off of the lid by those yeah. three receivers. It's a super tough, you know, chess game that you're going to be playing between these two offenses that have a lot of talent. And as I mentioned earlier, Wentz and Hertz are producing at top five levels when it comes to yardage production. It's going to be very interesting to see how these defenses attack these two teams on Sunday. Chris, we'll get into our final predictions coming up next right here on Crossover Thursday. Absolutely. But first, we tell you about our friends at Bet Online. That's right, betonline.net. They are awesome. Of course, you can get in on all the action as you can each and every day with our friends at Bet Online. Why? Because they have all of the action that you want, right? Bet Online is your place to go for NFL, college football, Major League Baseball heading down the stretch. They have up to date line spreads. You have live in game betting. You have all the prop bets. You have everything that you want. Are you a Birds fan feeling pretty confident coming down I 95 and heading to, let's call it, let's call it Philly 2.0? Uh, <laughs> let's call it whatever you want, the Link 2.0, whatever. Uh, and maybe you want to take the uh, Eagles minus the six, six and a half, kind of depending on where it ends. Or are you a Commanders fan or feeling the love for the Commanders and Commander Carson Wentz in the revenge game and take them a little bit? Or you can do individual props. You know the deal. Bet Online has it all for you. Again, whatever sport you're talking about, there's some huge college football games uh, coming up, of course, this weekend, as there are, including on Thursday night. Uh, there's Thursday night NFL. There's Monday night NFL. No two games this week, just the traditional one, but the slate is stacked. Go to Bet Online right now or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we are wrapping up Crossover Thursday right here on Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Commanders. I'm Louis DiBiase, and he's Chris Russell, Eagles Commanders, Sunday at 1 o'clock in D.C. Uh, Chris, you mentioned it there, talking about bet online. I think the atmosphere is going to be split. Eagles fans always travel well. They like to take over this stadium, and especially against Carson Wentz, week three, feeling the 2-0 and juices right now. I think they're going to be getting down there. The Eagles are six and a half point favorites right now, according to Bet Online. Uh, do you like Washington to cover there? What are your overall feelings on this game and how it's going to go for Washington? If I had to guess, Louie, I think it's going to be a closer game than most people think it is going to be. The spread yeah. initially was four before Philadelphia dismantled Kirk Cousins and Minnesota, and then it bumped up, like you said, and currently standing at six and a half. Again, it could be six, it could be seven, depending on how the, the public money goes by the time we get to kickoff Sunday at one o'clock. If I had to guess, the commanders are going to keep this game close enough and within striking distance, and I could see them covering. I don't know if they win. They're going to have to play. I don't want to say a perfect game. There's no per such thing as a perfect game, but they're going to have to generate three-plus turnovers, in my opinion, or three-plus takeaways, I should say, uh, and limit the turnovers on their own to one. Carson's got 
three interceptions through two games. They have four turnovers through two games, meaning the commander's offense. There's been large, large stretches of gaps of really bad offensive play, despite all the good numbers for Wentz and the commanders. Um, that being said, again, I think they're good enough to stay within hunting distance, and I'll take the commanders plus, let's call it the six and a half right now. Yeah. But if I had to do a straight up bet, I would take the Eagles. I completely agree. I would take the Eagles money line. If you're going to go between the two, I would probably take Washington to cover. It's very tough to bet on these games where there's emotions like this. And there it's almost like a revenge game. If you will, they always could go one or two ways. As I said earlier in the show, it's like, Wentz could throw for six touchdowns on this team, or he could throw for four interceptions. I'm not sure if there's really going to be a middle ground here. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I would say, you know, if I gave a score prediction, 28-24, maybe Eagles, I say Washington does cover at home. They're a more talented team than I think they're given credit for because of, you know, the memes Wentz gets on Twitter and this organization overall does. But I think they're a competitive team that's going to be in this NFC East race. Um the other bet I want to ask you about, Chris, the over-under right now is at 47 total points. We talked about the offense for both sides. I think I'm going to hammer the over there. I, I mean, normally I would say that's a pretty safe bet, but for whatever reason, I have a feeling – you know, it's going to be like 83, 84 degrees and sunny. So weather is not going to be a major factor, but it's going to be warm on yeah. Sunday at FedEx Field. I have a feeling that, you know, Philadelphia likes to run the football. Granted, they're not a a three yards in a cloud of dust run offense, as you know, uh, and as Eagle fans know. Uh, and, and Washington, even though they give up a lot of points and they have given up a lot of points, I do feel they will be better defensively in this game than they've been. So I'm actually going to take the slight under, okay. I, I think, and go slightly under. I was thinking kind of 24-21-ish, sure. somewhere yeah. in that range. Uh, so that would get me the under if if that's officially where I hang out in that neighborhood. Uh, again, I do think the commanders will put in a better performance. I just think, Louie, they are a team. First of all, they're wretched on special teams. Okay, so that all So are the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, all right. So too bad. I mean – but but the commanders are really bad on special teams. I, no matter what Ron Rivera says, they're, they're awful on special teams. Now, sometimes they play okay. Sometimes, like last week in Detroit, they're absolutely brutal. So I can see them costing themselves points and maybe even the game in that respect. We'll have to see, uh, uh, of course. Uh, but the commanders... I sense that after getting their teeth knocked in over the last seven days and after arriving in Detroit fat, drunk, and happy, that they will be much more squared on straight this week. And I think, again, this will be a closer game and a more competitive low, lower scoring game than, again, the carnival that many are expecting. Can't wait to find out what happens in this matchup Sunday at 1 o'clock. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Today's edition of Crossover Thursday with Locked On Eagles and Locked On Commanders. You can find both podcasts free and available Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles and Locked On Commanders your first listens each and every day. Make sure your second listen is the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Chris, always great to talk to you, my friend. I'm sure we'll do it again soon, a little later on in the season, and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Absolutely. Sounds great, Lou. Always good to be with you.